Hi, everyone. Welcome back to the second episode of She O's. We're so excited to have our first guest on the show today. But before we introduce her fabulous self, we are going to give you some life updates and I'll let Maggie I'll let Maddie go first I almost just called you Maggie by the way (laughs) and I have no idea why I'll let Maddie go first because she has some really exciting tea to spill it's actually funny because usually I don't have any tea to spill and it takes a long time for me to figure out a life update but I actually have a life update this week which is really exciting and it's that if you guys have been following along with our hot takes jiffies So the We Gave What Danielle Bernstein's charitable branch, like her um, Give Back Initiative Instagram, asked me to make them some jiffies for We Gave What for all of their different initiatives. And I was so, so excited about this because the jiffies are going to be used for a really good cause and to help spread awareness of all the initiatives that they're working on, which are all really super amazing. So yeah, it was a very exciting, um, I guess, request to receive. And I made a first round of drafts of jiffies for them, but you'll be able to see them soon going live on their page. And so yeah, that's my life update of the week. Julia, what's your life update? (laughs) Basically, I'm co-host with a famous person, and I think your life update is my life update, because I I appreciate that, but certainly not. (laughs) I think so. I... My life, I've been so focused, honestly, on hot take stuff this past week, trying to come up with really fun new initiatives for you guys on our Instagram, which we'll touch on at the end of the episode. But one of my favorite things that we're trying to do is tie in our Mata love. So every single week we have our interviewees for this mini series kind of tell us what their outfit inspo would be for someone who's interviewing for their company and I don't know why I just blanked on the word company but we have them kind of give us some inspo of like what they would wear if they were interviewing for themselves and we are going to be creating outfits that reflect that and posting them on our page and then you guys can shop them directly through the app so that's really exciting and we also have some awesome female founders that are going to be coming on taking over our Instagram stories on Wednesdays Uh, just a few amazing women who we aren't able to do full episodes with but definitely have awesome brands and we'll be there to answer all of our questions and kind of walk you through a day in the life so that's another thing that we've been working on and unfortunately but also fortunately I think those are my life updates too because I've been so focused on like coordinating all of this I guess my other life life updates is like going home for Thanksgiving soon and being excited about that. I'm so excited for that. Also, you guys, I wish you could all see Julia's outfit right now because she looks like a star. She's in like a brown turtleneck with like a brown v-neck sweater on top. And I remember that one of our first days of work, she wore a similar outfit that I really liked. And so it it seems like a same outfit. Probably. Is that is that an Aritzia shirt? Yes. Then it is the same outfit. I like it. I literally, 
I don't know why, but recently I've felt the need and I haven't felt this way in so long, but during the days to actually get myself motivated, I've needed to get dressed, which is I definitely fell into the routine of being fine with being in my like PJs all day. And even if I switched into like a different tracksuit rather than what I was wearing to bed, I was in comfy clothes all the time. And now I'm like, I'm getting so sick of all of my comfy clothes and I actually want to put on jeans, which I is that yeah it's i'm wearing this flannel which is like kind of cute kind of not but it gets the job done yesterday we should have matched trending thursday Mm, we got a good one coming out on thursday that kind of is on brand for that we do Okay, so now we'll kick it off to the introduction of Emma, but last thing I'll say is we really want to hear your guys' thoughts on this series, on everything we're doing on our Instagram page. We potentially have really exciting announcements with possible new members who are going to be joining the Hot Takes team soon, so stay tuned for that as well. And now I'll introduce Emma. To kick off our female founder series, we have the fabulous Emma Johnson. This woman is impressive. Not only did she found her accessories business, M. John, when she was still in high school, she used her success to fund her college education. Talk about every parent's dream. Emma and I met at Boston University, and I had the honor of writing a profile on her. The more I learned about her story, the more enamored I was by her creativity, drive, and passion for M. John. After graduating from BU, she accepted a position as a merchandising assistant at Walmart, which is the position she holds today. But she still manages to run M. John like a true boss, pushing out new launches of some of Oprah's, and yes, I said Oprah's, favorite accessories. She has had quite a unique journey, and we are so excited for her to share it with you all. So welcome to the show, Emma. Welcome. We're so happy to have you. That was such a a nice intro wow thank you i cannot believe when julia told me about you and about oprah and about everything that you did i was literally shocked i just don't understand how you were able to do all of those things while being in high school and the college education part but we'll get to that later because i'm sure everyone wants to hear about how you managed to do that but take us back to high school so where did this idea come from was it something that your family and friends kind of like pushed you to do or was it something you came up on with on your own where did how did it happen tell us more definitely so growing up i was obsessed with anything diy crafts related i would just do sunday funday crafts projects and in high school i would make charm bracelets literally on my bedroom floor <laughs> post instagram post instagrams saying sunday funday arm candy oh my god people so instantly asked me oh my god those are the cutest bracelets i've ever seen where did you get them can i buy one how much are they and i would say guys like i literally <laughs> made this for fun i was bored on a sunday <laughs> afternoon and i think growing up i was just always passionate about selling people things i mean outside my new york city apartment i would have lemonade stands with my twin brother and my best friend growing up i was always creating things and pawning it off to friends and family of a new business venture So suddenly when I was making these charm bracelets for friends saying, I'll make you one, it's free of charge. I'm literally making on my bedroom floor and people were willing to pay for a product I was making. I knew, you know, maybe we're on to something here. 
Definitely. So it just kind of naturally took off and people were asking you to make them these charm bracelets. And also kudos to you because I feel like Instagram wasn't super, super huge yet. Oh and God. you're using it to promote MDOM. I look back at what my Instagram feed looked like in high school and I was like, who was I kidding? Like today you would look at it and say like, I wouldn't be caught dead wearing that bracelet. So yeah. I guess I just have very loyal friends. So funny. <laughs> Maybe it could, hey, styles change. So who knows? I look back to myself in high school and I wore a fedora to class. So like, I don't even know if that was allowed. Yeah, exactly. I remember looking back to my first few Instagram pictures were like a picture of our front door and then a picture of the couch and a picture of like a statue that I found that looked artsy in my head. And I and to think now, like how the world has changed. It's just so crazy. But it's really awesome how you said you were entrepreneurial all your life, always looking for opportunities to sell things or create new things thank you when did this idea transform kind of from this passion project where you're just giving your friends some free charm bracelets into a business when did you kind of see that happen so it's funny going back to that one instagram post i think also doing a geotag of the upper west side where i live was helpful a store on the upper west side of manhattan that was a tween teak tween and teen boutique I combined those words just now <laughs> tween teak Re- tween teak reached out to me via the post saying these are so cute I want to sell them in my store I want three dozen and again I was making these for fun there was no business here but if a boutique on the upper west side of Manhattan wanted to buy three dozen by all means I will sell you three dozen totally. and so we don't turn that down what did, what did, what did down. your first bracelets look like also can you describe them to everyone because I feel like people want a visual yes so my grandpa used to have so many dress shirts and ties made of silk and cotton fabrics with these wild patterns and when he passed away my grandma sent me a boatload of fabric and I said to her what am I supposed to do with this (laughs) and she said go crazy cut it up do whatever you want and so again on my bedroom floor there I was stripping fabric (laughs) and then stringing charms that I found off Etsy and eBay and selling them to friends. So literally imagine no textile work, no measurements, no manufacturing me with scissors that you would use to cut, you know, simple copy paper and a charm wrapping it onto your wrist. I'm dead. <laughs> That is so. That's a great visual Um, right there. At the time, it was great because it was one of a kind. So I had all these charms and all these fabrics, and it was really just one-off charms. So no bracelet was alike. One because I couldn't cut in a proper fashion. So the lengths were all over the place, and the charms were all different. So whichever bracelet you know Julia got, Maddie didn't get, and Emma didn't get, which was really awesome. That is awesome. Okay, sorry, I cut you off continue with the how did it turn into a business and like what was happening with that boutique so going back to the boutique it was called dot and i sold them three dozen and they sold out in less than a week and so it just kept going on this reordering spike and then this was in the fall of my junior year and then spring rolled around and dot said to me you know, my customers love these one-off wrap bracelets that you're making, but they're heading to camp. They're heading away for the summer. They want something that's waterproof. Are you coming out with different lines? (laughs) And again, lines, this wasn't even a line. (laughs) This was bracelets that I was selling to one store. And so from there, 
after selling to Dodd and after selling to friends and family, I had made enough money to reach out to manufacturers. Um, I had made $50,000 in cash and I was reaching what? out to that manu- all yeah. Look at that. Uh, How I much were you selling re- the bracelets for at 12 pieces Honestly, per way more than they needed to be. Oh my um, God. Yeah, clearly. I was, telling, I was telling friends there's no point in buying lunch when you can buy an M. John bracelet. Oh my God. So they believed me. Again, really great friends, I guess. But, or really great marketing, or really right. great product, or <laughs> yeah, or really great fabric <laughs> from your grandma. So. Yeah, right, exactly. Um, and so that really launched into this idea of lines, and you know, reaching out to a manufacturer. And that's what led me to create beaded bracelets. So I was making silicone beaded bracelets with plastic charms, something that a you didn't need someone to tie on and off of your wrist, like my makeshift wrap bracelets, and b you could go to a pool or the beach or to sleepaway camp and take it on and off, do an activity in it, and it was a no-brainer, easy accessory for summer. I do have to say my first M. John experience was when you gave me some bracelets and I was wearing them. I think you sent them to me over the summer and I wore them literally all summer long. And now that I'm thinking about the type of customer that was probably buying them or like a parent buying them for their kid going to camp, those were 100% the type of bracelets that I would have worn back in the day going to camp too. Like literally perfect for that. Me too. I remember me and my friends would just have like stacks of those going up our wrist by the end of the summer to your shoulder (laughs) yeah those were the the good days the good days but that is like a true story of entrepreneurship and I love just kind of seeing how you can be creative not really thinking about having a business but when something just falls into your lap and then you take it and you go with the flow and you just run with it and it sounds like that's exactly what you did 100 percent so cool so how did you come up with this goal you obviously said you made 50k just starting in this business in high school when did you come up with the goal that you were going to pay for your college education and also like what my parents would literally love me forever I know not that they don't but like so it really all started because I was sitting at the dinner table with my twin brother and parents and M. John was taking off and again I was a junior in high school you all remember junior year was all about college it was about touring colleges where am I going to go to college what college do I want to go to and as I started to think about college and the price of the schools that I was interested in. I was like, what is the point of you guys spending that money for me to go to college? I'll just continue M. John. My brother laughed at me and said, M. John's going to be over in about six months. So like quit while you're ahead. Supportive brother. (laughs) And my parents said, well, it's great to get a college education. You'll gain knowledge that you won't get through a business. You're really young. Don't you want to meet people? Go to a different city. And so I took both of their optimism and pessimism and I said why don't I pay for college through M. John set a highly ambitious goal to use a small business and pay for college and I think that goes back to how it went from a hobby let's call it to an actual business I set a really ambitious goal for myself and I said that if I want this to be a legitimate business then I'm going to reach this goal and I'm very goal oriented so it wasn't as though I was going to set this goal and then six months later throw in the towel and say it's done I was gonna hit it and the only way I was gonna hit it is if I turn this hobby on my bedroom floor into a legitimate small business 
so impressive. So how did you actually do that? Like, how did you take that goal, that theoretical goal? I know you say you're goal oriented, but like, what steps did you take after that to actually make it happen? Yeah, so I think this is where the magic moment happens. I spent the summer before my freshman year of college at Boston University working on MJohn, selling products, doing trunk shows, you know, going to sleepaway camps and selling items during visiting days. And at the end of the summer, I knew that magazines were working on their upcoming holiday gift guides. And so I would send a bunch of MJohn products to different magazine editors thinking nothing of it maybe they'll post on instagram maybe they'll respond to an email saying this is cute thanks for sending don't send me one ever again but thank you <laughs> and i made a keychain again at this time we're only selling beaded bracelets so the idea of lines we have two so to say at this point we have my fabric charm bracelets and we have beaded bracelets and at this point you were working with a manufacturer right you weren't and doing at this point, it by I'm working with a man yes okay so I'm working with a manufacturer and one day my manufacturer sends me charms and said, I'm sorry, I messed up on these charms. They were actually 10 times the size of a bracelet charm. So think the size of a keychain, because if you think about actual small charm, it was very small. Wait, I know where this is going and I just am shook by this story. Okay, continue. She sent a bunch of initials to me because I had an initial charmed bracelet. And she said, I don't know what you want to do with these. I punched a hole in it. If you're interested in a keychain, you keep it and scrap the idea that I messed up on your charm bracelet size. So I said, oh, I had an idea of a keychain might be fun. Do people use keychains in New York City? Like I don't drive a car. I'm like, where do you use a keychain? So they took these keychains and I sent them to various magazine editors. And again, this is now a week before move in at BU. And I sent one to the creative director at Oprah Magazine, again, pitching my idea, my story. I'm heading off to college. I want to pay for college through this business. Hope you enjoy this keychain. And he sends me an email back and he says, I got your keychains. They're so much bigger than any, you know, little back to school story that I would have put it in. And they're so much bigger than me putting it on my own Instagram. I think they should be one of Oprah's favorite things. And at that point... I'm one shocked because I sent an initial keychain, a letter keychain. So that means there's 26 different options and I sent three different colors. So that's 78 different options. And I'm moving to Boston in a week. So I have no plan to be an I'm like, I hope everyone listening to this right now has the chills the way that I have the chills. I know. Okay. I have no plan, you know, holiday. Uh, to me, holidays, oh, I'll make those beta bracelets in red, green, blue, and silver, and I'll hope for the best. Um, and so at that point, I knew Emjohn is really on to something. He said, this is going to make and break holiday season for you. I hope you're ready to sell thousands. And so at that point, I got my supportive family together, <laughs> and I said, we have a week to make 2,000 keychains. Fast forward, the first week that Oprah's Favorite Things launched, we sold 10,000. Oh, my God. So clearly, me and supportive family were not ready for what was to come. 
because were of you like working thing. out of your dorm in college, cre- like pumping out these keychains? That's wild. So I move into BU and I'm a freshman and you know have a new roommate and meeting people, going to class, and Oprah's favorite things launches in early November. So we kind of have that buffer where those 2,000 keychains are sitting at home throughout September and October, and then November hits. And once November hits, I'm literally begging friends over text who are still in New York City saying, please go over to my house. I have a sweet dog and sweet parents. <laughs> like, I'll, I'll pay you in love. And I really need you to make keychains oh on gosh. my couch. I called it my grandma who was in Miami Beach at the time. And I'm like, listen, I need you to come and make 10,000 keychains. <laughs> oh, my God. I don't ask I'm, a lot. And again, like, I'm at BU. I'm a freshman. Like, I'm not, you know, dropping out six weeks in to go make keychains. So it was a lot of trial and error. I mean, I had I, 2,000 keychains to me was if I sold 2,000, we'd have a successful holiday season. 10,000 in the first week was extremely successful, but I did not anticipate that many sales in one week. And while I was in Boston, while, you know, headquarters, my bedroom is in New York City, it was really hard to communicate that back and forth. Luckily, I have amazing parents who are super supportive, a super amazing supportive grandma and friends at the time who helped out. Um, Th- yeah, those are your was, friends for life right there. You got to keep those those, are, those around. Right. Yeah, I owe them. I owe them big time. Wow. So I want to definitely hear more about your relationship with Oprah, too, because you can't just drop that on us and not tell us more. But before getting into it, I kind of want to take it back and just talk more about the branding behind M. John. I feel like it's something that's often skipped over when we talk about founding businesses, because there's obviously a lot of exciting things to talk about. But how did you settle on the name M. John? I mean, I know... Yeah, well, you can tell the story. And then um, after figuring out the name, how did you create the rest of the branding? And what was really important to you when you were thinking about it? Definitely. So in high school, those same friends nicknamed me M. John, literally just taking the first syllable, my first and last name. And so at the time when I was making these bracelets, it was always, oh, these bracelets made by M. John, M. John again with the bracelets. And so when I was actually thinking of a business name, I thought, what better way to celebrate you know, the items than the person who was making them, which at the time it was literally just me. And M. John had a nice ring to it. I loved when people called it M. John. And every single time I made these products, I always wanted people to smile knowing it was coming from me. So M. John was a no brainer of you're getting a gift from M. John. Whether or not you paid for it is a whole nother story, but (laughs) it it is a gift from me to every single one of my customers. And then I think in terms of branding, everything is colorful, it's bright. I want all my products to make someone smile. I joke that I basically only wear black and dark colors, but you will not find a black product in my assortment. You won't find anything dark. It is all bright, That's so true. colors. And I think it's because if you were to gift it to someone, you know, you wouldn't go for a dark, dull color item. You'd go for something fun that immediately when they open it, they're like, this is so cute. And they smile without totally. even thinking about it. And so that's where the branding comes from. It's always things that make people smile. In all my products, you get a card that says happy everything. And I think that um, that kind of sums up the brand that it, it really is 
happy. I love that. That's so cute. And has it changed at all, like, since you made it? Or has it kind of stayed the same, the brand message and, like, the branding part of it? Totally. I mean, I think that when it started, it was really around this paying for college and just a girl who set an ambitious goal. And so at the time, customers were really buying into my goal. So they were supporting this ambitious goal and then understanding, you know, I'm a full-time student while also running a side hustle. And so that was the message at the time, you know, hitting this goal and knowing that when you make a purchase, you are hitting the goal with me. And now I think it's kind of just a message of me, one, not only supporting other female small business owners, but I'm still a female small business owner, whether or not I graduated from college. So the fact that I started this in high school, I think has carried throughout the journey of the last seven years of M. John. Um, It's still me. And I still joke. I get emails all the time of, please connect me to this person, this person on your team. And I respond saying, great, their name's Emma. (laughs) It's me. Yeah, I have a manufacturer, but really besides one person making products, it's me and that supportive family packing and shipping and sending it to you and responding to emails and doing all social media and what have you. That's wild. How are you able to like handle that while being at school in high school and college and now with a job? Like, how are you able to manage like both of those emails at the same time and all of that? Like, I just don't understand how you do it. It's so impressive. So in high school, I were to say I compared it basically to how someone had an after school activity of a sport or a musical instrument or you name it. So, you know, maybe every single day, Monday through Friday from three to six, they had soccer practice from three to six, Monday through Friday. I had M. John. And I think that that really helps solidify, you know, just like friends have X, Y, and Z activities. I have M. John, which is my hobby, my after school activity. And then I think it was also just knowing that I have this really ambitious goal to hit and it's, it's not going to hit itself. So if I want to keep working on it, I need to carve out those hours in the day where it's just M. John time. Um, and just the idea that it's fun, you know, so I don't dread doing M. John things. It's not as though I say to myself, Oh, I'll get to that later or maybe tomorrow or the next day or the next day. So I think that when you're doing something that you really love, you automatically carve out that time and actually you look forward to working on it. So at the end of the day, it is something that I look forward to or I wake up and respond to emails and it makes me feel so good replying to a happy customer or the weekend comes and I'm packing orders on a Saturday night, which high school, college me would have been like, no way. And now I'm like, that's amazing. Someone's, you know, shopping on Saturday night buying my products versus (laughs) going out and doing things. So talking more about balance, what was the social life balance in college for you? How did you prioritize your life there? I mean, we both went to school together. Classwork can also be vigorous. And then moving kind of into this work life where work does predominantly take up your day. No one really has after school activities anymore. How has, have you grown your team at all? Is it still just you? Um, How have you kind of adjusted through these different phases of life and of M. John? For sure. I mean, I think it's first and foremost setting this precedent that A, school was number one priority and now work is number one priority. So understanding that and swallowing that and realizing that M. John is still a side hustle, I think was huge. So losing sight of that is not 
a good character trait just because if I did lose sight of it and say, oh, I, sorry, I didn't do that essay because I have a side hustle, professors would have been like, okay, so <laughs> you're getting it to me by end of day. Or me not responding to work emails, you know, because I'm making keychains isn't going to slide. So I think understanding, one, that school was always a priority and now a full-time job is number one priority. And having that in my mind all the time and knowing that if this wasn't a priority, then A, I shouldn't have gone to college and B, I shouldn't have accepted a full-time job. Totally. Um, I should have made Amazon a number one priority. I was going to ask that. Are you thinking at all or have you ever thought about making it like $50,000 in, I don't know, one week? Seems like you could like make a living off of that. So have you ever thought about it as a full-time thing and less of a side hustle or is that, or you would prefer yeah. to keep it on the side? It's funny because I think if you were to go back to high school me, high school me would say like, there's no way this is going to be successful if I sell five to my close friends and family members. Great. It's been a great weekend. Great week. We can wrap things up and head <laughs> home. And so I think knowing that off the bat that things aren't just an overnight success, it's successful because you work hard and you put that time and energy and effort into it. So to me, M. John has always been a side hustle always been something that I'm passionate about but I wouldn't have gone to college you know worked hard to get good grades had internships all the time and then applied to full-time jobs if I just thought you know I'll spend the rest of my life doing M. John I think that it's taught me a lot of things that I've applied through classwork and real work at a full-time job but then it's also taught me things it's also not taught me things that I've only been taught through a classroom and a full-time job. Got it. That makes sense. I think that's a really powerful message though. Um, just understanding that sometimes you have to put your pride aside too and do what you think is best for yourself. And just because something is a side hustle and isn't necessarily going to be what you do for the rest of your life doesn't mean that it's not a great learning experience and it's not something you should be so proud of. And it's not something that you can take everything from and apply it to whatever you do in life. So I'm happy sure. to hear that that's what you did. Totally. We've also heard from so many of our listeners, they had side hustles that they, sorry, our interviewees, people we interviewed on the pod have said that and our listeners, and our listeners yeah too, but dope. Yeah. exactly so they they had all these side hustles and like something happened in their life that was out of their control where either they lost a job or they were furloughed or they like just random things happened in their life they had to move for their husband or whatever the reason was that kind of like allowed them to transition and prioritize the thing that they always considered to be a side hustle so you really just never know where life is going to take you and when something's going to explode or if it becomes something that you want to be your priority you i guess we'll have to wait and see what happens definitely and watch can we hear a little bit about some of what maybe one major highlight of your kind of growth with M. John and then maybe one major challenge that you faced when you were starting the brand or even now it's obviously been a challenging time for everyone. Is there something that stands out to you within the past few very, very difficult months that have changed your perspective on M. John or have presented challenges in, um, in your side hustle life? Yeah, I mean, I think that growing up and having a small business, a lot of times kids in high school would just say, this is a lemonade stand. This is not a business. This is a 
one-off project that you decided to run. And I took that to heart. Um, and I doubted myself all the time that, yeah, maybe this is just like a lemonade stand. It's not a real business. And then the same applies to when I get an email from a customer saying, you know, my shipment's taking way too long to arrive. And obviously that's out of my control, but I take it personally of, oh no, I did something wrong to cause that. And I think especially with COVID going back to shipping times, they just have been long given what's going on in the country right now. And so things that are out of my control, I do tend to take to heart. Um, and also just words that I hear from either peers or customers, whether it is someone complaining about something that's out of my control or someone just saying something not so nice in order to diminish the brand. Um, but I think that then the flip side of that, of what keeps me going and what keeps me motivated is when I do get an email from a happy customer who says, I stumbled upon your products. They're so cute. Why did I not know about this beforehand? Or when I get emails from current college students saying, I read about your goal, I decided to set the same goal. That's incredible. I want to do the same. How can I help you and support you? And how can we support each other? So it's kind of twofold. I love that. That must be so powerful to hear from people that are setting that goal. And to be able to inspire someone like that is incredible. And I hope you know that. And also just this is the kickoff to our female founder series. So that's something that we want to promote and we want to inspire others with by having amazing people like you on the show and speaking about another amazing female in this world, Oprah. Can you tell us a little bit more about your relationship with her and with O Magazine and how the F that happened? <laughs> so that, I, I, I landed on Oprah's here things my freshman year of college again, exploded 10,000 keychains in a week. I had made 2000. I like to call it the Oprah effect because it is literally the Oprah effect. It landed in Oprah's favorite things. And suddenly people who had never heard about the brand are suddenly buying dozens of my keychains thanks to her. And so because <laughs> like, of this, oh my God, that's it's crazy. crazy. It's crazy. And it's only getting crazier by, by me telling this story. So I land on Oprah's favorite things my freshman year of college. We sell thousands of keychains. And because of the success of M. John Keychains on the list, the creative director emails me and says, why don't you come intern at the magazine for the summer after your freshman year and work alongside me and the team to see how we curate this list and how small business owners just like you pitch products that we sift through and then they end up on the pages of the magazine. So fast forward to the summer after my freshman year, I intern at Oprah Magazine. We get hundreds of submissions a day, just like I had sent the previous summer. We sift through them. And then at the end of the summer, Oprah comes and curates the list. And so seeing the O of Oprah Magazine, I mean, left me speechless. <laughs> and not to mention to think that the previous summer she had done that before with my little keychains. Wow. I was going to say like seeing her sort through the products and knowing Unreal. that yours was chosen is like I could follow the floor and die happy now. Unreal. Um, and then because I was working alongside the team for the summer and seeing what they were interested in, I then created an updated version of keychains that ended up on the list my sophomore year at BU. 
So two years in a row was on Oprah's favorite things. Luckily, I was on it already, so I knew what was coming. We did not leave for my second year at BU, only making 2,000 keychains. Um, got a few more friends at the end of the summer to make some, <laughs> some more. And so it was an even more successful holiday season the second go around because of trial and error. And I think had I not gone through the trial and error of knowing, you know, what worked and what didn't work, it wouldn't have been that successful second go around. Totally. Wow. Your life is crazy. And I, I just am more impressed by everything you say. So So speaking of other boss women, just like Oprah, who would you say inspires you to keep going and in your career generally and tell us more about them? It could be like family or like a Oprah figure. Yeah, I mean, this one is so easy. It's hands down. My mom growing up, I would always tell my mom, I want my own business. I want something with my name. I want to start something. And she would tell me every single time, do it start it no one's stopping you um and so when someone's telling me that versus telling me you know you're crazy stop i i think that's the motivation that you want to hear from someone especially right next to you um she has a weekly segment on good morning america where she promotes products from different small businesses at exclusive deal rates and so she is the biggest champion of small business owners and so watching that my whole life of just like the Oprah effect people's products going on her segments and, you know, selling five every single week to selling a million products in one day because of the power of her segment, which is unreal to watch growing up. That's awesome. So by far my biggest role model, go mom, mom, seriously, biggest supporter. Um, Yeah. Moms are the best. Moms are the best. Yeah. Um, are there any female founders in particular? It could be within the beauty and fashion accessories industries or beyond that, that you particularly look up to. Yeah. I mean, I think growing up, I always looked to Sarah Blakely, the founder of Spanx. I mean, her story is just unreal of how she started really just working in the department store, understanding what customers wanted and then created a product out of that. And now it's the business that it is today. So she has always been an inspiration. I mean, I like to think that in the case of M. John, I just look to things of what my customer wants or needs, and then I create it. So it started because I was making bracelets that I liked, and now it's making products that other people want and like and need, which I got based off of the idea of Sarah Blakely, that you're making it for someone else with your totally. name behind it. I feel like working in retail, that's what they tell us. Like always think about the customer. Customers first. Exactly. Listen to oh the customer and like always first. if you're in tune that's with what, what they want, we're all on the same wavelength there you know. But if yeah. you're in tune with what they're looking for, then that's what will do well. Like if you're making decisions based off who these customers are, you're golden. So that's awesome. Exactly. That's awesome. <laughs> I think the hardest part about, or I could imagine the hardest part about being a designer, a product developer, even a buyer is kind of being able to put your biases aside sometimes and seeing how your customers are responding to things. Obviously, you want to be authentic to yourself. You want to be authentic to your brand and you want to be producing things that you're really proud of. But 
the customer does come first. You want to give them what they want, what they're excited about and what they're looking for. So um, it, it seems to me that you've reached that balance and I love your products. Is there anything in particular that you're looking forward to launching if we can get an exclusive yeah. or something that the tea. has recently come out that you um, are really is like one of your favorite products right now at M. John? So I just launched another round of wallets. Uh, they were so successful the first round that it's a new color update that I'm really excited about. I love wallets. And then going back to just supporting other female founders, so many collaborations to come. I'm obsessed with collaborating and promoting oh my God. So Exciting. other female founders. So I think a lot of times people get scared that others are going to steal their idea. So they keep it as a secret instead of partnering together. And the truth of the matter is someone has something that I don't have. And I have something that someone else doesn't have. So the fact that we can combine forces and promote each other and acquire new customers is huge. So, so many collaborations to come with different female founders, which I'm very excited about. I can't wait to see and follow along. That's so exciting going to be awesome. I feel like that's part of the reason why we love doing this is to be able to connect with other not just women because we have anyone who wants to be on the show come on the show but especially doing a series like this connecting with inspirational women and just partnering together to help other people and just empower each other. It's so important. So I can't wait to see who you collaborate with and what you guys come up with because I'm sure it's going to be amazing and I'm going to want all of it. Me too. Julia, should we do our fun new game? Should we tell our listeners about our game? Okay, let's do it. Take it away, Maddie. I feel like like this one, you're taking this one away. Okay, I'll take this one away. Okay, good. Okay, so... All of our listeners, Maddie and I were trying to come up with a really fun new game to play with our female founders that would kind of give them a prompt of it if one of you guys were applying for a job at their company, kind of what would their Zoom interview outfit tips be or real in real life interview outfit tips would be, what are three traits they would really look for in a team member. And yeah, we'll, we'll take it away with those two questions first. So um, if you want to go for it. Yeah, I mean, I think Zoom interview wise, just casual chic, especially the fact that we're at home right now. So obviously, you know, look put together, but be comfortable and be yourself because that's the only way an interview is going to work well is if you're comfortable and feeling your best self. Um, and adding color helps, of course. I say that as in, you know, wearing all black, but adding some form of color because M. John's all about color and a pop of brightness. And then you can stand out amidst all the people exactly. who are trying to get the same job. I love that. So. And then what is, oh, three traits for a team member that make yes, a great three team member. for a team member. So I think one being flexible, um, if you want to work for a small business and grow a small business, it is not a nine to five job. It is an all around the clock job. So be flexible, be proactive versus reactive. So see an error before it actually happens. And then also speak up about things before someone asks you about it And then I think third, I mean, just be enthusiastic. No one likes being around someone who's whiny or complaining or pessimistic. Be excited to be here. Be optimistic about what's to come and bring that fun energy because the brand's fun. So you have to be fun. You have to love every second of (laughs) 
not only working alongside me, but, you know, working for a brand that's constantly evolving and changing. And with that comes highs and lows. And so a positive attitude is really important. Totally. Totally. Well, I hope everyone likes this. I hope everyone likes this little segment. We're going to actually accompany it with some Mata outfits. So plug Mata, which is one of our favorite apps. And if you don't have it, I'm going to make you download it later. I need but to download it. We will be it. posting some outfit inspiration, all shoppable on Mata based on the interview tips that you gave us after your episode comes out. So let us Julia, know Julia is a stylist now, officially a stylist. Yeah, I'm a stylist. I don't know if we've announced that yet, but we're doing some cool new high-tech things on Hot Takes Pod. Yeah, and Maddie is a TikTok star. Her one of her TikToks went off the other day. Absolutely not. Fifty k followers. So I don't know. I have three hundred followers, but it's fine. That's amazing. Like I meant likes. Okay. Okay. Um, But anyway, this was incredible to have you on. Thank you so 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 much. Everything you do has been incredible. It's been inspiring, and I'm sure there are so many young women that are looking up to you and looking up to what you've done and the goal you set. Paying for your college education like that is just an amazing accomplishment and so is M John and I can't wait to see it continue to grow and see all the amazing products you continue to produce because they definitely put a smile on my face and I'm sure Maddie same to you when you get yourself some M John swag I can't wait Thank you so much for having me this was literally so much fun both of you Yay. are incredible the energy is unreal And yeah, go female founders. I mean, when girls support girls, amazing things happen. So I'm really honored to be the first of this series. We run the world. We're so excited to have you. Beyonce said it. She said it best. I love it. Bye, everyone. Bye, guys. Bye, guys. Bye, guys.